The MLB Home Run Derby comes and goes, and Salvador Perez put on a show for Royals fans, the best showing of any Royal in the All-Star Home Run Derby. We'll talk about that event, talk about what went great, what went poorly, and overall, how was the experience of the Home Run Derby for everyone watching at home? We'll talk about all that, plus the All-Star Game comes up tonight, preview that, and talk about a way that the All-Star Game could get even more fun and exciting. All that and more coming up on the Locked On Royals podcast. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. On today's show, we're going to talk about the MLB Home Run Derby, which is, as you heard yesterday, my favorite event in sports. Uh, in terms of like the all-star festivities, right? In terms of like you know, the, the dunk contest, three-point contest, all-star games, what the NFL does with like the dodgeball and what else does the NFL do? Dodgeball, Pro Bowl, stuff like that. It's by far the best all-star caliber event. Uh, so it, it was a lot of fun. Um, first, uh, Firstly, with the Royals tie-in, Salvi was awesome. Started out a bit slow, uh, but... It would not have mattered if he, if he played anybody else except for Pete Alonso. Like, literally had the second most home runs in the first round and did not advance. That's tough. I mean, the, what are you going to do about that? I mean, Salvi put on a show unlike Moustakis, unlike anybody else before him in a Royals uniform in the home run derby. Uh, Salvi lived up to our hopes and expectations. And Pete Alonso went on a tear. If Salvi does not start slow... He could have beat Pete Alonso, and I don't say that to criticize, to criticize Salvi. I say that to praise Salvi because whenever Pete Alonso went first and you saw what Pete Alonso did, everyone, no matter how much you love Salvi, thought that this round was over, thought that there's no way anybody can t- uh, can reach what Pete Alonso did. And Salvi made it respectable. It was very respectable. It just fell a little bit short because of how great Alonso was and because of that slow start, which was mainly on the pitching, but nonetheless. Salvi was awesome. It's a shame that we didn't get to see Salvi in round two. Uh, just tough matchup. It, it's it's like the NCAA tournament whenever you run up, run up against a team that's underseeded. Like they used it in the broadcast, uh, the the example of like Illinois at one having to play Loyola at eight, even though like we all knew Loyola was really good and shouldn't have been uh, the next opponent for the one seed. It's kind of like that where it's like, what are we doing here? Like we, we, we have underseeded Pete Alonso. I thought Salvi could win it entering the night. Uh, and again, he made it close, but Pete Alonso just was insanely good at the home run derby. I hope that Pete Alonso continues to do the home run derby every single year. Cause this could be like his, his, this could be his mark on baseball. Just being a guy that dominates the home run derby over and over and over and over again, as he did in this one. Today's show is brought to you by locked on MLB prospects, locked on MLB prospects is a daily podcast devoted to the stars of tomorrow devoted to all of your prospect needs, which is even more important right now, because even if you think you have a good grips on the farm system right now, 
it's all changing. It's all changing because the draft just concluded. So go listen to Locked On MLB Prospects and get up to date on who the Thunder have drafted, not the Thunder, who the Royals have drafted and uh, how they add to their farm system and how that moves and shakes the needle for their future. Go do that wherever you get your podcast from. Now, with this home run derby, Trey Mancini deserves a hat tip. I thought that he'd be bouncing the first round. He came to play. He was really good. And it was a great story, of course, of Trey Mancini, what he's gone through in his, in his life. It was awesome. He impressed me a ton. Of course, of course, it should not be a shock to anybody. Um, I, I don't think that any of you can say that you've watched a lot of uh, Orioles games. I have not either. I know Mancini was good. I didn't know if he'd be like a home run derby kind of guy, right? Like, like Whit Merrifield's good. I would not consider Whit Merrifield the home run derby kind of guy. <laughs> like, Whit Merrifield is one of the best pure hitters in baseball. He's elite. He's awesome. If he was in the home run derby, I'd pick against him. So, like, I, I was fully down on Trey Mancini. And then he took it all the way to the finals. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. Otani was awesome too, except for his pitcher was terrible. Like there was not a single pitcher worse than Shoei Otani's pitcher. And he was the only pitcher to get warm-up pitches, and he was still god-awful. He was terrible. And it ruined the night for Otani, even as Otani battles back, goes on that massive run to get it to the, the overtime period, and then the swing-off, and Soto took over at that point. Soto goes three for three, boom, boom, boom. It's over crown him. He moves on. That was fun stuff. That was an example of how fun this format can be. Uh, Joey Gallo did a huge egg. Joey Gallo was by far a disappointment and an awful, awful participant. Just what are we doing here, Joey Gallo? This is supposed to be your moment. It's supposed to be what you do is hit home runs. That's all. And he just was awful at the home run derby. And then Trevor Story played well. I, mean, I thought that Trevor Story uh, did better than I expected him to as well, as you know from my predictions yesterday. It was still a fun event. Now, were there some hiccups along the way? Absolutely. Were there some things that you can gripe about? For sure. Uh, but I do believe if the broadcast had been slightly better, it would have been one of the best home run derbies we've seen. But the broadcast was not very good. It was not very good on a multitude of levels. We're going to talk about that coming up. I don't know how it can happen. I don't think it can happen because of how MLB kind of does the all-star break, right? You you play on Sunday, derby on Monday, game on Tuesday, off Wednesday, some teams are off Thursday, and then you play again on Friday. Because of how short the break is in general, there's no real way to do this, but golly, I wish that the home run derby could be on the on course field every single year because that was freaking awesome to watch them play in course field and just launch them out of Colorado. That was incredible. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if it would be possible how you could finagle that. If you could, I don't know what you could do, but it would be awesome to watch them all play at Coors Field every single year. Coming up, we will talk about the broadcast uh, and kind of what went into that and the disappointments of the broadcast for this, this event. And then talk about the All-Star Game and preview the All-Star Game. Very fun event as well. Come up today. Now, I want to say right now about our good friends over at rockout.com. Rockout.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. Rockout.com is a family-owned business. And at rockout.com, you could be getting auto parts online for 20 years. But if you didn't do it 20 years ago, that's okay. Do it right now by going to rockauto.com. At rockauto.com, my favorite part is how easy and convenient it is. Let's face it. Driving to any store in this day and age, but especially an auto parts store, 
not very convenient. You walk into this small little shop. They're not going to have exactly what you're looking for. They're going to go act like they look for something in the back. Trust me, guys, they do not look for anything in the back. They walk back there. They, they take a glimpse around, and then they come back out. Maybe even they pull out their phone a little bit so that way they can delay the, the time some more. But it's a waste because then they come back out. They say, oh, no, sorry. We don't have that part. They type, type, type on their computer. They order it for you from their you know, select list of manufacturers. You don't even get control of that. They'll do it for you. Skip all that stuff. Skip all of it. Go to the very easy-to-navigate website, rockauto.com. Whenever you go there, their website is so incredible that all you have to do is put your make, your model, your year into their database. Once you do that, they're only going to show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle. That way, you're not wasting time, effort, money on parts you cannot use, parts you do not need. It's only what you need. It's only what you need whenever you go there with their website, make model year, that simple, that easy. Even I can do it. Even I can do it at rockauto.com. Go there right now. Tell them at rockauto.com that Locked On sent you. In the how, did you hear about a Spox? And they'll know what to do from there at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals.com. This show is brought to you by Locked On MLB, the national podcast about Major League Baseball every single day, hosted by Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. But you can simply call him Sully. And listen to his show every single day for the wide range of baseball topics nationally. And then come here for the local Kansas City angle. The Home Run Derby. So the broadcast was not very good. Like, it was actually pretty bad. And, and I'm not going to sit here and do the thing that the Royals are doing right now. You know, Royals fans, even some media members are doing this. I'm not going to sit here and just criticize the broadcast for not talking about Salvador Press. Because it, it goes back to the Joe Buck thing. Like, every Kansas City fan was complaining about Joe Buck because of what he did with Madison Bumgarner. Whenever Madison Bumgarner did something we've never seen before, like, did something that was historically great, of course, they're talking about the winning pitcher who did something incredibly great every time he's up on the stage. Like, like it's just insane to, like, get mad about that. And then with the Soto Press thing, yes, they should have talked about him more. Yes, they should have talked about him a lot more during his round, and then he actually did get it going there, so they could have talked about him more than that because of the fact that he got it going. Uh, but we just saw Peter Alonso do incredible things. It's a weird thing to broadcast. Like, don't lose sight of that, right? Like, it's easy to sit here with no pressure, no no microphones in front of you, and complain about it. It's a weird thing to broadcast. Like, this is not your typical first inning, 2-2 count type of thing. You've got home run balls flying at this point where we're not even letting them land before we throw the next pitch. So it's just, what do you call? Do you call the ball that's in the air already? Do you call the ball that's getting thrown What's the score right now? Like, there were so many times where nobody knew the score because we've got to wait for this ball to fly down, then this ball to fly up, and then this ball to do that, and this ball to do this. It was a mess. So it's a very hard thing to broadcast. But yes, Perez could have gotten more airtime, for sure. But that's not why the broadcast was bad. The broadcast was bad because I have no idea what happened. Like, it, it was it was dizzying to watch the broadcast. It was this picture-in-picture 
which was awful. It was so overproduced. They did everything possible, ESPN, to mess it up. They did everything in their power to mess it up. Number one, the commentators weren't great, but again, it's hard to commentate that sort of event, so I'm going to give them a pass there. Number two, we couldn't see the distance tracker ever, and especially not live. That's the whole point. Like, the entire point of watching the Home Run Derby is saying, whoa, he hit that ball 500 feet, or whoa, that ball went 437 feet. That's the entire point. That's like the reason we watch it. To see what these superhumans can do whenever they're just grooved fastballs the whole time. And you mess that up. Not to mention the terrible camera work. Now, to kind of combat this here, not only is it a hard broadcast to do play-by-play play for, if you're the camera guy or woman, what the hell's going on, right? Like, were they prepped for that change? Because I certainly wasn't, where you can just start throwing pitches as soon as the one ball leaves your hand, you can throw another one, and you've got balls flying everywhere. Which one do you focus on? They, sh- they, sh- they should have been more equipped for that and prepared for that. And that could have been a miscommunication from baseball or from the production meetings or just that individual worker, right? But the dizzying camera angles, the no live tracker, and then the awkwardness that is a broadcast of Home Run Derby, the picture-in-picture, picture, the score bug being awful. Like, not only was it not up-to-date or current, where, like, the round ends and the commentators are literally saying how many points do they have? Like, how many how many homers do they have at all? Like, it, it was bad. It was bad. Like, the round ends and you don't know how many runs, you know, how many home runs that this guy hit. The broadcast was terrible. And... I think a lot of that gets solved if they go back to the rule where you have to wait for the ball to land somewhere before you throw the next one. And it seemed like some pitchers understood that rule and some didn't. Like some some tandems of like the batter and the pitcher were still taking their sweet time watching the ball and like kind of waiting and ho-humming around as if they didn't know you could start beaming it right away. And then others knew, okay, as soon as the ball connects, I can get another ball back and throw it again. It, it just was clunky. Clunky was the best way to describe it for an event that, is supposed to be amazing and incredible. And it was still very good. It was still very fun. Like I said, if, if you have a better broadcast there, that's probably looked at as one of the best one of the best home run derbies there are. You have the shit you have the Shohei storyline with Pete Alonso uh, first round and then also back to back champion. You have the Soto swing off of Shohei. You have all that fun stuff. But the broadcast was very bad. Like hilariously bad. So that put a damper on things a bit, but again, it was still a very, very, very fun event. Very fun. What was your favorite part and least favorite part about the Home Run Derby? My favorite part was watching Salvi just hit homers after homers. Again, if he has any other matchup, he wins that first round. Like, it's so frustrating. Like, I do still like the tournament format. I'm not going to throw this whole format away because my guy got screwed out of it. I think it creates a ton of fun. Had the head matchup aspect of it rather than just like, Okay, let's just race to see who has the most home runs for the first round. I like the head-to-head style of it. But it did hurt Salvia in a big way, in a huge way in that that first round. We talked about it even in the preview, how the matchups were kind of weird. Like how I I didn't like the Mancini first round matchup. I didn't like the, you know, uh, 
Gallo first round matchup. It was it's just kind of a weird bracket setup for for this event. Salvi's not done though at All Star Weekend. He's going to be the starting catcher tonight at the All Star Game. Shohei Otani will be the starting pitcher in the DH. That'll be awesome. First time ever for that. Salvi gets to catch Shohei Otani. That's pretty cool. Like I know Salvi's had a hell of a career. He's won a World Series, World Series MVP, fifty thousand time All Star. Will still be All Star caliber player next year, the year after, the year after. We'll com- continue to compile all-star events. Gold Glover over and over again. He's had a hell of a career. But getting to catch Shohei Otani is like one of the things right up there with winning a World Series and doing all those cool things. Because Shohei Otani has the chance to be a Babe Ruth type of legend. Like a, like a type of player that in 20, 50, 60 years, when you're trying to explain Shohei Otani, people don't believe you. And, and maybe they will because maybe the game will evolve to the point where Shohei's archetype, right, the way that he plays the game, will become more common and will become, like, the norm. Uh, but he's going to be, like, the book of legend stuff. It's going to be like t- telling people my age about Bo Jackson, like, where it sounds like you're over, you're over, you know, kind of analyzing or, or, or kind of overhyping a, a guy, which obviously with Bo Jackson you're not, and with Shohei you won't be. Getting to catch a guy of that caliber is fun, and that's part of why the all-star stuff is a lot of fun, because you're playing with... Shohei Otani for probably the only time in your entire career. Like I don't foresee them crossing paths in in a, in a regular season team. <laughs> so that is a ton of fun to like be able to take that event with you and tell your grandkids and tell your family like, oh yeah, I caught I caught Shohei Otani. Like, I think that sometimes we lose track of how cool that is because like to, to whenever you're like looking at it on the outside, like oh these guys are buddies, they're talking all the time, they're doing all this fun stuff. What do they care what happens twenty years from now? It's really cool to be able to catch Shohei Otani, no matter who you are. So that'll be fun. Whit Merrifield also in the All-Star game. So that will be awesome to watch another Royal play. He deserves it. Had a slow start to the year, Whit Merrifield, but still is playing in an elite, an elite clip. Very nervous couple of weeks here for the Royals and their, and their fans and us about Whit Merrifield, what they do moving forward. I still have a gut feeling like they're going to keep Whit Merrifield. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm stupid. I am stupid, probably dumb, but... I just think they're going to keep Wet. I think they're not going to trade him. I don't know, but we'll see what they end up doing. But we'll get to watch Wet and Salvi play in the All-Star game. Coming up, we'll talk about how the All-Star game can get a little spicy, a little spruced up, if you will, if the All-Star game needs it. But first, I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at BetOnline.ag, BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing right now. The second half is heating up. It starts on Thursday. And actually... It's a very fun Thursday game. So, like, the NBA Finals comes on tonight, Wednesday, for, like, the Occupy This Off Day of the of the All-Star break. Thursday, the only game on the docket, the standalone game, is Red Sox-Yankees. And I know, I know, the rivalry's overhyped, but the Yankees are eight games out of the division. And when you look at the wild card, the Yankees are four and a half out. So they're four and a half out, and the trade deadline is in a couple weeks here. Right, it's the thirtieth. So the Yankees, at this point, have to put up or shut up, and they're facing the top team in the division. That Thursday game with no NBA Finals on and no other baseball on will be must-watch television, and you can bet on it at BetOnline.ag. How fun is that? Get the latest news, odds, info on all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device, and check it out for all the sign-up bonuses and contest information. They have what you need at betonline.ag. BetOnline, 
your online sportbook experts. Go there right now to betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. When you're finished going to betonline.ag and betting on the action with our code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus, you can bet on the Red Sox-Yankees game and then check out Locked On MLB podcast for the recap of that game on Friday and the preview of the second half of this season. Also check out the Locked On Today podcast for all of your sport needs all your sports news from every sports league in under 20 minutes every single morning. A great way to start your morning with your cup of coffee or your drink of choice in the morning. Are you a coffee drinker in the morning or do you drink maybe a Coke or a Diet Coke or whatever to get your caffeine rush or just simply water? What do you do in the mornings? Very interested in that. Let me know on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. So the All-Star game. It's fun. The AL dominates it though. I mean, dominates it. It's embarrassing how good the AL is. So how can we make it more interesting? Could And I know this is going to be crazy, but could baseball take a page from the, from the NBA? I know baseball fans hate change, but we're getting to a point here where baseball has personalities. They have fun players. Tatis is fun. Vladdy's fun. Shohei's fun. We have so many young, fun players... What if you take Shohei and Tatis, you make them captains, and they pick their squads? They get to pull the players, they get to pick their squads, just like the NBA does. To where it's no longer AL versus NL, it's Shohei versus Tatis. You market your players better, you get maybe more balanced teams, because for whatever reason, the AL continues to just pound the NL every single year. Could be fun. What do you think about that? Let me know on Twitter, at Lockdown Royals tomorrow. We'll talk about the All-Star Game, recap the All-Star Game, and then preview the second half of the season for the Royals. What must they do to salvage this season? We'll talk trade deadline and much more throughout this week on Lockdown Royals, so make sure you stay tuned to Lockdown Royals. Be good and be good to one another. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, baby. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. If you want to be. Having a great time. If you want to be. Loving the fun. Baseball with the Royals.